Hey, this is Coach Freddie here, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and welcome to the I Have for Evolution, where we'll be discussing the benefits of growing and using industrial hemp for people, planet, and profit. Conversations about the history, legalization, farming, harvesting, processing, building, manufacturing, investing, and how industrial hemp can benefit people's lives, heal the planet, and how it can be used to make thousands of products and boost the economy and business. So, are you ready to join the iHemp revolution? Hey, this is Coach Freddie here, and I'm at a company called Limeworks in Pennsylvania, and I'm going to be speaking with Andy DeGrushi. DeGrushi, okay, and he's the founder and owner of LimeWorks. So how you doing there, Andy? Good, how are you, Coach Freddie? So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in uh, LimeWorks. Okay, well, when I was graduating high school, I didn't know what I want to major in in college or, or have any money. So I pretended as if uh, money didn't matter and... Uh, what would I just want to wake up doing one day? What would I think I want to find myself doing? And arts attracted me um, because Dan Fogelberg, a guitarist, sang a song that his father was a, was a cabinet maker's son. Aha. Uh -huh. And that was romantic to me, the idea, that craft. And I said, well, let's forget college for a minute. What about trade school? Mm -hmm. So I found one of the oldest, it's, uh, I believe the second oldest, uh, only by a few years, uh, it's a it is definitely the oldest private free trade school. Uh, it's been free since 1888. Um, not one person, including myself, pays for room, board, uh, the schooling. It's a scholarship of 100%. Take about uh, 90 kids in every year and graduate maybe 60 because 30 will probably quit along the way or not be invited back since it's very regimented and very um, like a military academy sort of uh, atmosphere mm -hmm. uh, but that's how the philanthropists who founded it wanted it to be wanted it to be very um, regimented it's an all-boys school we had to wear white uniforms to lay bricks and suits and ties for every class and every meal and you had nine and a half hours of school every day and I went for just learning masonry so I had four hours of masonry every day and four hours of, of academic uh, college level classes and uh, this uh, school was founded with Christian Judeo, uh, Judeo ethic, and so we had mandatory chapel every day. Okay. Uh, New Testament, Old Testament reading, two hymns and a prayer, and a preacher come on Wednesday to see if he could straighten us out any further. <laughs> so it uh, it was an old boys school, and we were a rough rough group. We were like Neanderthals in suits and ties. Really, uh, we all looked pretty good, but we were just boys, you know. Yeah. So. I went there, I lived there three years, I learned just that trade, and I fell in love with the trade of masonry. Yeah. So when I got out, and that was, nine, that was uh, 1982, good 38 years ago or so, I um, uh, began to work for other contractors, and I was their resident mason. I would do whatever was masonry, Okay. and sometimes they did other things, and then they jumped me into framing and roofing and a siding and any other thing. So I learned a lot of trades while working for other people. Uh, but then, uh, understanding how volatile the construction industry is, I realized with no benefits a lot of these small companies had and a very rough working conditions and often 
very uh, value engineered to the point where uh, craft was gone and it was just unit masonry blocks. We're building a Kmart here, not a Taj Mahal, you know? Yeah. Where I went to a school that we built, uh, we did things that were very old, old school masonry. Yeah. You know, elliptical arches and gothic arches and, you know, fancy stuff, fireplaces with all kinds of detailing in them. Yeah. And so uh, the, the, the people I worked for didn't really have the opportunity to do that kind of thing. So I thought, you know, I felt like I'd start my own business. So I did that in 1984. Okay. So now it's been 35 years. But in the first six months of my business, this is where it all changed to Lime. This is how Lime started. The first six months of my business, somebody asked us to repoint an old stone farmhouse in Bucks County, PA, where I have lived now for 33 years. Okay. Bucks County is full of stone buildings. <laughs> You'll <laughs> never run out of brick and stone buildings that are built before 1900, say. And uh, so I did that work, okay. and I enjoyed that work. And I said, you know what, I think I'll make this my specialty, working on only old structures. It's a little slower. Uh, it's a little more... Uh, you know, uh, creative in that you have detailing you have to think about. And uh, so I took courses in Williamsburg, Virginia on masonry uh, restoration. Okay. And the, the, the lecturer was the a professor from Columbia University, Norman Weiss. And he taught material science, which I never heard of material science. Yeah. I heard this is a string line, this is a trowel, this is a brick. Shut up and lay it. You know, I didn't learn about what is that mortar or what is like maybe we knew sand and cement but we didn't know much more than the history we didn't know the history of all mortars ever okay when you go to a class on historic preservation and ancient structures you start to talk about the ancient building material around for six thousand years of our building history is lime lime mm -hmm. lime yeah it's so ancient uh biblical references talk about lime even jesus says you whitewashed tombs. That's lime water, whitewash. You whitewashed tombs. He, he had lime on the tip of his tongue. He knew what lime was. And uh, even further back than that, I found a, a verse in Deuteronomy that actually <laughs> said, when you cross the Jordan, you are to set up the tablets with the commandments written on them and strike them with lime, and then you can cross to a land flowing with milk and honey. And that, that quote, I thought it was so amazing that the guy who's supposed to be the architect of the universe specified lime in the Bible. I thought, you know what? I'm putting that on every bag. And every bag of our mortar today has that Bible verse on it because okay. I'm just, it's like, how can you argue after that one, you know? There you go. So anyway, uh, what the, the professor told us was about this ancient material of lime. And there's a couple of properties that were so sort of mystical about them that had mm -hmm. me so intrigued because although they would say these are the properties of lime, no one could explain how that possibly works. Mm -hmm. And so it made me a geek of the subject where I began to say wherever this subject is spoken of in the world, especially wherever I could afford to go closer to home, I would attend the seminars. Okay. And uh, at one point, uh, fast forwarding into the future, I was led to the Scottish Lime Center in Fife, Scotland. They or non-profit, kind of charged by their government to say, look, we might have endless walls, endless castles, but if we inadvertently are installing the wrong materials and are not helpful for conservation of our cultural heritage, but are actually accelerating decay, then we are our own worst enemy. So we want you to not only, Scottish Lime Center, understand the mysteries of Lime, but disseminate knowledge, don't make it smoke and mirrors, give it away, 
and I was fortunate to be in their tutelage. I was fortunate to hear and someone answer the, mis the, the mysteries of some mm -hmm. things about Lyme that had me even further intrigued. So I inquired of them, this is back in 1999, hey, I want to switch out my work that I'm doing as a mason in Bucks County to let's forget the cement. It wasn't in before 1870 in our country in any building for there. And obviously a lot of these buildings are still standing and still working very well. I would like my work to last that long. Where do I get time-honored way the lime is produced? Because all masons in our country know, if you take a bag of Type S hydrate lime, regular lime you can buy at a Home Depot, and you add sand and water, you build with it or you point with it, whatever, it'll fall out in a year from freeze-thaw cycles. And it doesn't hold up. Mm -hmm. So something's different about, even though lime is lime is lime, calcium carbonate, something is different about what we built with before say 1870 and back for thousands of years that aqueducts are still standing and castles that are 500 years are still standing and everything and all that has to do with sustainable so we're going to get to hemp coach freddie don't worry we'll get there eventually is hemp yeah. to, to sustainable <laughs> but you got to start with history and yeah. the base material the very it's lifeblood of masonry is the lime it's the lifeblood it's what holds the buildings together or keeps the units spaced apart you know um, the, the stones and, and bricks so in the end, uh, you know, I found out about the lime, and I, they told me if you want a, a very predictable material that has been produced in a very time-honored way, respecting the cooking temperatures and the chemistry of the material, go to Saint Astier in France. Okay. So I went to Saint Astier. They showed me Roman ruins all around their plant that were two thousand years old, big old, you know, imagine a. 60-foot-high, round uh, edifice that was 60-foot around, 300-foot-high. Trees growing out of it. But it was still there. It was 2,000 years old. Mm -hmm. And so that, as a younger person, it made me say, wow, I want my stuff to last forever, you know? Yeah, exactly. So where do I get this stuff? So... Now, the Romans, when they occupied all the regions of the world that they did occupy, they knew how to doctor line, throw stuff in it, pozzolans and junk to make it get harder and stronger and set with water. But in that region of the Aquitaine in, Fr in France, in the Dordogne, they, this particular deposit was called naturally occurring hydraulic lime. It had needed no additional material oh, wow. to be added. Mm -hmm. So the very stuff that we actually get today... To meet the European norms, that is the requirement by what is like our ASTM here. To meet and use the word natural is a, uh, is a, is a privilege. And you may not doctor the Lyme. You may not, it has to be natural. And it has to meet all stringent requirements that you have not doctored the Lyme. So in the same way the Romans took the stone, cooked the stone, slaked and added water to the stone, added sand and built with it. It's exactly the same chemistry of material we use. So I'm, we're not using something like what the Romans used. We are using what the Romans used. Um, this is a claim some others will sometimes say about their limes, but, but really the, the people have deviated away from being natural only because they might have to. So anyway, um, 20 years ago, I convinced my wife, honey, may I buy a ship container of lime? That was a big thing to do you know, yeah. for me. <laughs> 20 i mean i had to take a lot of guts because i had to be sure that i could use this up on my projects no one knew of andy degrucci or limeworks at all uh it was me and my buildings and my guys and so we began to do all our work in that material and as we did um 
University of Pennsylvania, other organizations said, could we have a sample? We'd like to do some independent testing. And they came back to me and said, you know, this stuff mirrors the binder, which holds together the mortar for all the buildings in the United States built before 1900, pretty much. And so it'd be a suitable replacement if anyone needs to repoint and repair a vintage structure. Mm. Next thing you know, I supplied all the mortar to repoint St. Patrick's Cathedral in Manhattan. Wow. I supplied all the mortar to... I had plaster to restore the Rotunda Dome at University of Virginia. I got hired to dig into the core of the wall that George Washington laid out as a surveyor at a young age of 16 at Mount Vernon. All his garden walls built by his slaves were built with lime mortar. And over the years, they botched it up with all kinds of magic mortar, this and that and everything else. They hired me to get in the core of the wall, get the original stuff. And we sent two tractor trailer loads of a reproduction mortar for them to build those walls back again. So as has happened, I realized, oh, my gosh, this simple bricky guy who went to a trade school is now serving its industry bigger than anybody ever could ever hope. I got to pinch myself that yeah. I'm doing this. <laughs> so I bought this farm and continued with Limeworks on raising the bar, uh, level of what we do because I felt that because it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing to serve your industry in such a glorious way that I don't deserve to retire. I don't. I don't have an option. I'm not gonna. I'm yeah. gonna just stay doing it's, this. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. I like it. I think it's productive and it's positive as movies on forward. Plus, in now here we go, we're gonna move to hemp because I know that's what all your hearers want your <laughs> listeners want to hear about anyway. <laughs> not my story. But in the end, I said to my wife one day, I'm late for everything. You know, any kind of artsy kind of people, they're they're left brain, right brain, they're way out there sometimes. I'm way out there. Like, I'm late for meeting you today, right? You know, I'm late for everything because I'm always doing way too much and I'm uh -huh. thinking too many things into something. Well, I said to my wife, I cannot believe it. I'm actually on time and ahead of schedule. I discovered that even shipped from France, this lime, the embodied energy, the CO2 foot, carbon footprint that this has, this material, is 80 to 85% less than if you use regular mortars and it has structural strength to be able to replace regular mortars for even building with. And I thought, I cannot believe that this is so environmentally friendly that I'm going to call my brand ecologic mortar. Okay, so we were really only doing historic restoration, which should be called restoration mortar. Yeah. But I thought, you know what? Global warming was just kind of a something we were talking about then. Yeah. This is a good uh, 20 years ago. Uh, but I believe it, and I believe it more now because you saw the, how the temperatures feel and how we all feel and oh, all yeah, the yeah. flooding and everything that's happening. So I don't think it's a novelty anymore. I think it's something we better get on board to lowering the uh, carbon footprint, okay? And so I was proud that we have a product that's not only good for the conservation of our built environment, cultural heritage, and what we have with historic structures that uh -huh. still stand, but then we have a product that if you're going to build, you can leave in your wake a, uh, a, 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 a lesser carbon footprint, and in the case of hemp, a negative carbon footprint. So we began to explore and then make it our mission here at Limeworks to have a dual-fold purpose for being here, and that is the conservation of our built environment, our built heritage, mm -hmm. and in... Uh, being a good steward of our natural environment, the natural uh, heritage that we have. Yeah. So hemp is a natural fit. 
it's amazing material. And I didn't know about hemp. Like, like I didn't know about lime. I didn't really understand the Nina Pinta Santa Maria sails and ropes. And I didn't understand industrial hemp as opposed to, uh, you know, uh, marijuana, you know, yeah. and what the difference and everything. And but now I, I understand it more. I understand some of the politics of what squelched, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater is my yeah. saying of uh, not uh, getting making illegal uh you know, industrial hemp is ridiculous. That's right. totally ridiculous. So I'm glad it's back on the research, but there will be enemies because wherever there's a good idea, there's a lot of people who do not want that good idea to get out. Right. And so right now our mission is to proliferate the message like you are doing. Okay. And thank you for coming in and doing this. But thank you. we are trying to do that. Uh, meanwhile, we can't quit our day job because we are running a facility here that we need to sell mortars, plasters, paints for historic preservation and so on. And hemp is still a fringe type of thing right now oh, yeah, still. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so we're, we're trying to uh, make it more mainstream. And I figure there's no better way. This is my own thinking. It's a, it's a, a brickies thinking, you know, which is sometimes <laughs> full of common sense, really simple it, guys. <laughs> yeah. But my thing is, is like, you know, if you're going to, you know, somebody say go back faith in God, they say, Hey, you know what faith is? If faith is like I built that chair, and you believe I, yeah, if I sit in it, it's not going to fall apart, and I got to get hurt. Yeah, I believe that. Okay, well, you don't really believe it till you sit in it. Yep. When you sit in it, now that's called faith. That's faith in action. So I said, you know what? I want to walk the talk, and so all the buildings at LimeWorks is headquarters, which is a farmstead that goes back to 1736. When we take the old barn, the new pole buildings, anything we build. I would like to use hempcrete, hemp salation. However, I don't know what is even the most popular term really yeah. worldwide. But I would like to insulate with hemp and find ways to use it so that we are saying that we're not just full of hot air, but we want to be leaders and show how it can be. You can live in harmony. And if we could grow it, I'd grow it. But, you know, again, we just we have some ground here, but, you know, I haven't gotten yeah. that far with it. Yeah. So that's how we, how I started in Lyme, how I discovered this stuff, how I brought over, you know, a ship container that took me two years to use up the material. LimeWorks sells, I mean, we must do two or three ship containers a month, it seems like. It's just like out of control. We order them and then we just order them again and order them again. And it's, so it's growing, which is good for many reasons. But um, now we are, uh, you know, thinking on how we can, support the hemp industry even more and uh, we know that we can't quit our day job we got to keep on moving materials for the things that people already are tried true and know right you know so that's uh, where, we're, where we hope to go with hemp. okay that's a great story so where do you see your your next move as far as hemp? Well, what, what I intend to do is uh, we had an existing pole building on the building, on the property. And we, uh, we insulated it and got it to be a heated uh, storage warehouse for ourselves. But we have, between the bents, you know, between the uh, pole posts and beam, we have areas where we can remove the, the fiberglass bats we put in there. Yeah. And we're going to run hempcrete workshops showing how to replace the fiberglass with hempcrete. Yeah. And we'll do it every so often until we finish hemp creating the entire building yeah 
Okay. Uh, then the barn that we're going to make our offices, like the beautiful timber frame within the historic barn, mm-hmm. we like to make it all look like furniture up and above on the ups, in, upstairs right. and make it all our offices. Mm-hmm. So all the outside walls, the floor, I'd like to insulate it all with hempcrete. And whether we use that as a workshop or it's just my intent for use, you know, for uh, where an installation will be, uh, that's to be seen. And so we're in this uh, building. How many stories is it here? It's a three-story building. Three-story. Uh, Chris was saying that uh, you're going to set that up so you can house people here when you do your workshops. Yes. Yeah. So right now, people come into town from all over the country, even out of the country, to take workshops with us on historic preservation, on on using lime plaster, fixing fixing old historic walls, plaster walls, or stone walls, pointing, um, you know, repairing stone and brick, all that kind of stuff. Uh, even wood window shutter and door restoration. We have a wood shop. Well, okay. our intent is to slowly add all the traditional trade shops. And then uh, currently, when people come from out of town, there's a local historic hotel that the woman who owns it and the restaurant, um, called, it's called the Washington House, they um, uh, have painstakingly over 35 years uh, they were chefs as a trade, okay. and they run a beautiful restaurant, and it was always a dream to, to finally restore the hotel, which they did about five years ago, and they own a theater called the Sellersville Theater, and it's a really wonderful little venue, and so we have people come out of town, and we put them up at the, at the uh, Washington House, Okay, but it's our intent that they could stay for a day or a week, or if we build the tiny homes that we hope to insulate with hempcrete, mm-hmm. then uh, that would be an extended period. Like people would stay for a, you know a month, and they would yeah. build a tiny home, and maybe insulate it with hemp. Okay, that's awesome. Oh, you have some big plans. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, oh, I, I gotta live to hundred. I have to live to one hundred ten. I figured. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll live to that. Yeah. So, anyhow. Um, uh, any last words that you want to tell our audience there, Andy? Oh, I think just do what you love and just keep on yeah. nose to the grindstone. I think you just got to keep working at whatever it is you do. And yeah. uh, I think uh, thinking outside the box, uh, there's a lot of things that have been proven uh, in, in, in all of history, which when we revisit them, we find how profound it was that our ancestors used certain things, you know, and that's yeah. last, the old way is the right way, and it lasts. And uh, I think this, this place, Lime Works, if any of your re- listeners decide to sign up for a workshop, come and see us. It is a place to think outside the box, like a think tank, a place to explore ideas, yeah. be creative, and practice and perfect your art, you know, whatever your art is, and we hope to provide various uh, forms of uh, traditional crafts that we hope people could make a livable vocational wage from that part with their own hands. Yeah. So that's part of our mission as well. Awesome. That's that's all. That's my whole story. Well, that's great. Got to keep doing it. Yeah, great. I want to thank you very much for, for being a guest on the IHAMP Revolution podcast. You're welcome. Thank you. Coach Freddie. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today and make sure that you subscribe to the iHemp Revolution podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Give us a review and follow us on facebook.com forward slash iHempRevolution. Like us and then tell your friends. Help us spread the word about how using industrial hemp can benefit people, heal the planet, 
and provide long-term profit. This is your host, Coach Freddie, inspiring people to do things that inspire them. And thanks for joining the iHemp Revolution.